This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by the Messy Spirituality Podcast. Hey, this is Jason Elam. Join Lola Robbins, Kyle Butler, and me for the Messy Spirituality Podcast, where we try to empower your spiritual evolution with honest conversation about how to be a better human, taking a critical look at toxic Bible stories, and look behind the headlines for growth opportunities underlying current events. Hey, it's a bisexual hairstylist who escaped a cult, a black mystic, and a recovering Southern Baptist preacher. What could possibly go wrong? Check out the Messy Spirituality Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi friends, I'm Tim Whitaker and welcome to the New Evangelicals podcast. The New Evangelicals is an inclusive, Jesus-centered community that holds space for people marginalized by the evangelical church, advocates for accountability in the church, and helps you explore the Christian tradition beyond the basement of evangelical fundamentalism. This podcast is part of that work, so join us as we talk to people from all walks of life, lending their expertise and wisdom to us as we renegotiate our faith and find better paths forward. Hi, friends. Okay, let's just, if you're driving, put on a second seatbelt. I'm, I'm going to just give everyone a heads up now. This conversation that I had with Lenny Duncan, I found provocative. I found fascinating. I found helpful. Um, And it had a lot of F words in it because Lenny curses a lot. And then whenever I have a guest on my podcast who curses a lot, I start cursing a lot. So this is definitely not a uh, a, uh, a work uh, safe or maybe children safe, depending on how you decide to parent conversation. Um, Lenny wrote a book, Dear Revolutionaries, A Field Guide for a World Beyond the Church. They are... Um, I'm just going to say for our audience, they can be very provocative. This is someone who who would see themselves as, as a pastor for folks in Antifa. And this conversation got real political real quick. And I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the conversation. Of course, you're probably going to hear things that you're not going to agree with. I, of course, would, would say the same thing. But there were other things that I was like, yes, we have to take some of this stuff seriously. And some of the things that, that Lenny said uh, just really... Um, gave me pause for consideration. So, um, like I said several times now, I'm just warning you, this is a very intense episode. I talk loud. Lenny talks loud at times in this podcast, but it's it's a f- fantastic conversation. I would love your feedback. I mean, this is one of those, like, friends, tell me what you thought. I mean, send me a DM. Let me know in our Facebook community. I would just love your input. That being said, as always, thank you so much for being here and listening to podcasts like this. It means so, so much. If you want to support the work that we do, you can share this podcast. You can give us a rating and review on iTunes or on YouTube, or you can donate. We are a nonprofit organization. And we hold space for a lot of people. And we offer all this stuff completely paywall-free because of the generosity of people like you. So you you can click on the link in our show notes and donate. All donations are tax deductible. All right, friends. Like I said, buckle up for this conversation with Lenny Duncan. Talk to you all later on. 
Big news, friends. The podcast is heading back to Theology Beer Camp hosted by Trip Fuller. Now, Noah and I went last year, and it was an amazing time. We met so many of you, and we're doing it again this year in October. You'll get to hang out with podcasts like ours. You have permission with Dan Koch, The Bible for Normal People with Pete Enns and Jared Bias, and so many more. And there are amazing scholars like Adam Clark, Thomas J. Ord, and John Dominic Crossan with more speakers and podcasts to be announced. The sooner you get tickets, the cheaper they are. In fact, if you use promo code TNEGODPOD, you'll get $25 off your ticket. Let me tell you something. If you are looking for better ways forward in the Christian tradition, this is the event to come to. Yes, you get to hear from some amazing speakers and hear some amazing lectures, but the secret sauce in beer camp is that you get to hang out with these folks and listen to them in conversation. Plus, you get to hang out with Noah and I for a few days and have a great time. Use promo code T-N-E God Pod for $25 off your ticket, and I'll see you in Missouri in October with me and Noah, Trip Fuller, all the great scholars, all the great podcasts. I'll see you then. All right. Well, here we are. Um, I'm. I gotta say, I'm. I'm intrigued by this conversation we're gonna have. I have Lenny Duncan on the podcast. You wrote a book, Dear Revolutionaries: A Field Guide for a World Beyond the Church. So I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you, Lenny. Thank you for making time. It means so much. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Um, it's 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 a hard book. You know, it's 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 a hard book to 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 talk about in a lot of ways because it 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 defies promotion, right? Like it's it's not a book that's promoting itself, and, and in fact, there's a whole chapter dedicated to why you should never buy a fucking another book like this ever again, right? <laughs> yes, yes, right. And so, like, how this is a waste of your money not not your time or your or or, or your effort, but of money. Um. And, you know, and, and so thank you for having me on the podcast because, you know, it's a hard thing to talk about, right? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get <laughs> we into will it. get into it. I, I will say it, it, it's a very thin book. Like when you get it, you're like, oh, it, it's only, it's not that big, but it packs a hell of a punch. It absolutely does. I mean, I'm reading it from like the beginning and I'm like, wow, uh, Lenny is just swinging and I am here for it. I'm just here to soak it in. One of the things that's interesting about you is that you wrote a book previously that was aimed at the church, right? Right. It was called Dear Church, a Love Letter from a Black Preacher to the Whitest Denomination in the U.S. Um, and it had more of a reform feel to it. Um, yeah. It had a, you know, at the, the there was a genre eventually kind of assigned because like, you know, white, white, white critics need a genre for when black people tell them shit, right? So yeah, right. One of the right, and so like one of the one of the genres that that that, that I think it fell under is is, is an epistolatory uh, memoir. You know where mm. where it had like this, this this sort of like letter to the church feel, um, and and some of these accounts of my early experiences uh, as someone who had wandered in the church, mm. um, had never been a part of the church. I was houseless, uh, formerly incarcerated for years. Um, you know, was queer and, and, you know, had wandered into this mainline white denomination that, that had done a lot for me, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but, but, but clearly did not see some of the things that were coming. And in that first book, um, you're going to hear a lot of people over the next five to 10 years are going to tell you they saw 
um, what I'm terming in a, a new book that I'm editing today, actually, and which I would love to talk about at the end because it's sure. more of a break. It's a total break from everything. But but in that first book, I called it a theological civil war is what I thought um, mm. the Republic was headed for. Um, you know, so I, I didn't protect Christo fascism. Yeah. You know, I'm call- yeah. you know, what I'm saying I, I, yeah. I, I thought it would be a theological civil war in the sense that I knew that violence was going to be precipitated mm. um, by. You know, in, in, in mainline churches, you can see by its total lack of, theologically, they can't name radical evil. They don't know what radical evil is. When it when it comes in their midst, they're like, what the fuck is this? Mm. And you're like, that's radical evil. And it was born in your congregation. An example of this is Dylan Roof, um, who was an ELCA Lutheran, uh, uh, baptized and confirmed. I talk about that in the first book. And he goes in and he does the Charleston, you know, uh, massacre, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, you, you know, and, and, and on the, on, 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 you know, on the other extreme, right. They, 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 they struggle to see what the incarnation of all good is right. In the evangelical spaces, you're like, no, this is the living Christ. This X, Y, Z oppressed person is the living Christ amongst us. And they struggle to see the incarnation of all that is good. It's too, it's, it's, but it's the same, it's, it's the same coin, Right. Um, which is why in the new book, I encourage you to get out of church, get out of your congregation, get out of, uh, I'm not telling you get out of community and Mm. I'm not telling you not to go to your church anymore. I'm saying get out of the idea that you go somewhere where you tap into the divine. Um, Mm. If that place isn't your living room, if that place is not your kitchen table, if the holy meal is not happening at your kitchen table, I don't know who told you you weren't authorized to have communion with your friends at home. Jesus did. Mm. Um, you may not be able to open a big church and get a fucking, you know, a, a 401k and, and, and a retirement plan, buddy, and, and health care, but okay. Right. You know what I mean? Like, no, totally. Like, 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 take the power back is what the new book's about. But the first book, you know, I, I, I you know, white supremacy and its deteriorous effects were very clear to me, even a very progressive denomination that, you know, put out great statements that had queer pastors that did all this shit. It was clear to me that 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 they didn't see what was coming, and I, I didn't know it was going to be an orange orangutan. But like you know, like you, you know, like I didn't know I didn't know it'd be a failed reality TV star right. turned proto fascist. I mean, there was a lot of potential proto fascists. If you'd asked me about Arnold Schwarzenegger becoming governor of California, I would have told you that would have broke really differently than it did, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because early on, we've got signs after George W. that this sort of like algamation of not really religious, not really political, but have been commenting about society. Was a was a viable candidate, you know, beyond Ronald Reagan, right? It wasn't a fluke yeah. anymore, right? You know that the party could create these kind of characters, you know. Well, can I ask you? No, I, I first off, I love that. Let me just give you so you know the audience you're talking to and to the person you're talking to. I fully need to acknowledge that I grew up steeped in conservative fundamentalism, evangelicalism, which is probably not going to be a shock to you. I grew up, you know, homeschooled under like John MacArthur type teachings. And, and yeah, I, I am good what old I, MacArthur. Yeah, good Woo! old MacArthur. 
Yeah, oh, he's he's a real a real champion that guy. Um, and I would tell people, I tell people now, I'm very early on in my own decolonization process. Okay, I'm I'm still mm. a newbie. I'm I, I just discovered James Cone a few years ago to my own embarrassment. I just never I never knew that 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 black liberation theology was even a thing. Just never knew, right? So so here I am. I think a lot of our audience is kind of dipping our toes into this different way of thinking, and. We, I oftentimes do feel trapped between this like conservative liberal position, but I am also hearing more and more whispers of like a third way that really critiques both and says, listen, there are two sides of the same coin, man. They're still steeped in supremacy. They're still Eurocentric. Can you, because it seems like from the way you're talking, like you are someone who can maybe communicate this in, in layman's terms to us. Can you help us like break this down? Because a lot of us feel trapped. There's a reason why, Lenny, I don't use the term progressive a whole lot publicly. It's not on any of our stuff. Because I, I see some things there too. I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of this either. Like liberation seems to be a better way of thinking about these things. But I'm so new, I don't want to make those statements I'm not qualified to make, right? So can you right. maybe break this down for us? Like what is your what is the the critique that would say, hey, progressive and conservative, they're I mean, I guess maybe progressive isn't trying to kill us, but they're not exactly much better when it comes down to it. Like what what's the take there? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we, it's it's easy to to point out the dastardly ones, right? It's easy right. when you first, particularly when you first get in liberation work, you're like, oh man, <laughs> these cons- you know, these conservative even, I can't believe this guy said this, and 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 right. it's like a box of tissues in that world, mm, right? It's such yeah. a, it's such a a a, 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 um, a a echo chamber of its own, right? Totally. totally. That, it's a box of tissues. You can pull one horror out after another after another. And I never thought that debating with them in in ways that progressive church chose to debate, chose to enter the public sphere, chose to have a public theology. And public theology is a thing, man. Like, you know, you have a civic religion. You don't believe you have a civic religion, but you do. There are things you do. You go to the NFL and, you you know, you sit at a game or maybe you could still stomach a game. Sometimes I can. I'm an Eagles fan. It's a disease, right? Hey, right here. Kaepernick, right outside of Philly. I'm an Eagles fan. Right. I get it's it. a disease. It, it, it's awful. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> but every once in a while I watch a game and there's a part of me that wants to stand up. For the anthem. There's a part of me that knows my first ancestor who was free here was Thomas Duncan because he freed himself and grabbed the rifle, joined the Union Army, fought for his freedom and was promised some things. There's there's a part of me that 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 feels that right there's there. I get wistful when I hear it. And, you know, in, 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 in black community, it might be lift every voice and sing. Right. There's this. There's this part of me that wants to, to see myself grafted into the American story, this sort of civic religion. Right. And, 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 and theology matters because there are certain theological prerequisites or beliefs that the most heinous crimes, the most heinous killers walk out with. The, uh, we, we don't know the, the details of what happened in Texas you know, at the mall, but we know the guy targeted what looks like mostly immigrant families. We know that that they had a history and an interest in white supremacy, yes, right? Right. There's right. a rumor that they were wearing a right wing death squad patch, right? Yep. RWDS, right? Yeah. Yep. So, so we know that there's a whole theological um, 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 history 
and school of thought. We can't say that it, it doesn't exist, right? We know from the Crusades there's yes. been this idea of the of the pure Christian kingdom and recapturing Jerusalem and making it a new Jerusalem and keeping the mongrel hordes out. I mean, this has been going on since the time of the prophet Muhammad, right? right? So we know that the, this is built in what baked into what we call the church. But that has nothing to do with, with Democrat or Republican. And I could reinforce those same beliefs in progressivism. And I, in the ELCA in particular, I can only talk about what it's like to be a Lutheran. You know, to, to, to lift up Luther as some sort of hero. Hmm. The, you know, a, a person who was had showed so much cowardice that when he thought that they might lose to the Moors, he had all his priests learn the Quran just in case they had to convert. I mean, this is not a man of character, hmm. right? This is a person who had an incredible discovery after they were given the freedom by the church, right? Remember, Luther had to study nothing but the Psalms his first, like, six years or something as a monk. Then they let him read something else. And when, it wasn't until he was a professor that they gave him the coiny Greek version of, you know, what, you know, which becomes this infamous thing, saved by grace alone, you know, he stumbles upon the, 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 you know, Paul, and he realizes that the way that it's been translated into Latin actually takes away not only from the vernacular of German, but, you know, um, beyond, it takes away the meaning of, yeah. of, of what was trying to be conveyed by Paul, right? Yeah. Because it, it, it threw in the place of, of, of three, four hundred years of papal bulls, right? This is an incredible discovery by an incredible young man. But, you know, three years down the road, he's siding with princes for power, mm. right? He's immediately, you know, you know, sign, you know, he's immediately uh, talking about the peasant revolt because the peasants, after they rise up from the church, they're like, well, shit, we got rid of the church. What about these kings? <laughs> right. What about these princes? What about these lords? What about these landed gentry? And they start to come for them, Right. And Luther writes this whole theological treatise that gives the princes the power to go slaughter them in the streets, hmm. right? We talk about the separation of church and state, the idea that there is two kingdoms. That's Luther. There is no difference between the sacred and the secular. Hmm. Only a fool believes that the spirit leaves them when they walk into work. They get into an elevator. They jump in the car. Right. These worlds are blended, and, 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 and all these things, these things that Western Enlightenment teaches, these are all things that my denomination, the ELCA, holds up. I mean, let's look what's happening over in the Methodist Church. The Methodist Church right now is having an incredible case of the chickens coming home to fucking roost. Mm. If you, you know, you go in the 40s and the 30s and the 20s and you fall into the Christian century, right? And, you know, this idea that we, the whole world would be Christian by the end of the century. That's, that's why they named that magazine that. Right. Mm. And the Methodist <laughs> Church, well, like everyone else did that. Right. So you go over to Africa and you convince everyone that nuclear families in the 50s are, 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 are the Bible's fucking chosen word. Mm. And then you get progressive 50 years later and you fail to go back to those people you fucking colonized and informed them. Well, of course, they're going to vote against you. Mm. Of course, they're going to not understand the changes you made because you didn't bring them along. They were another chess piece in you proving that the Christian message, your church's message, was doing something, mm -hmm. right? It happened in Africa. It happened um, in the Americas. It happened. It's happening with queer people in the yeah. church. Queer people are moved around like products. And aren't we a good church now because we got a trans pastor? Aren't we fucking great? Mm. Right. 
it's all the same thing. And what it really is, is that they understand that the ontological framing, the meaning, the, 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 the structures are falling apart. What, what does the word Jesus Christ mean now hmm. when it gives fear to seven out of 10 Americans? Yeah. They, they revolt at the name. And only a fool thinks that's a good thing. Right. Only a fool thinks that's a good thing. Mm. Trans children right now in certain states would burst into tears if you walked up to them and tried to talk to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Burst into tears. You, and, 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 to, and to think, so, so the framing, the, 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 the very foundations of what we believe is falling apart. Institutions do not do well in those situations. Right. You know, this is how the Roman church split. This is how we saw splits where there was, you know, a Roman France, a Roman Rome, a Roman England. Like, you know, this is, this is the time when, when schisms and, and, and new theologies and whole new religious perspectives are grown, right? Um, these, these times of great conflict, um, and in particular after times of great death, um, which, would, which the whole world's just experienced, yeah, um, you know? Yeah. So, so my, my whole point to that whole muck and that mire and that mess is, is that what we really see in any form of church right now in its current construct, yeah. it's in defiance to the living Christ we saw in the streets in 2020. We, mm. see, in, we, we, we see when we do uh, organizing, we see when we do work with people in, in, um, in our communities that we're seeing in podcasts like this and other places. It's, it's, it, we, we notice that the church seems to be in direct defiance. That's because it is. It's, it, it, it actually is an anathema to the Holy Spirit in its current form, and it will fall apart. And something new will emerge, but I don't think it's going to be institutional. Um, I think that in and of itself has been part of the problem. Um, yeah. The idea that I know what your journey with Jesus Christ is like 300 miles away is insane. Right. That's insane. Yeah, it, it seems like, you know, at least from my vantage point, from my circles, there's a reason why there's like a mass exodus out of this conservative evangelical world, right? And I'm, I'm one of them. I mean, I'm one of the people who in 2016 in particular said something is so wrong. I don't know what. I don't know what I'm like walking away from, but like something stinks that wherever I'm at in this faith tradition. And if my only option is this form of Christianity or bust, I think I'm in a lot of trouble. Um, and right. so I think a lot of us are, you know, in my case, you know, I lost my faith community after I started shifting my views and went from like an unaffirming to an affirming position and just I, things fell apart for me uh, in that sense. But in another way, I, I kind of feel like this freedom in Christ, maybe more than ever that I was taught exists while in, in what I call the basement of fundamentalism. Right. And so is that why you labeled the subtext a field guide uh, for a world beyond the church because for you you feel like, like the institutional church is is on the way to essentially disintegration and not existing anymore yeah I mean I and, and, and I'll give you I'll give you another example um, you know I talk about in the book I think you know I, I think 2020 was clearly one of the greatest times of human need I've ever lived in in this generation you know uh, one could totally. argue that not one could argue that 9-11, we, we, we could have used more robust preaching about the dangers of mixing uh, state and God, yeah. right? Yeah. We, right? We could have, we, you know, maybe we could have used it more then, but that's neither here nor there. 20, you know, 20 years later, this is, this is the greatest time of human need I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and in my denomination, while 
I was on the front lines being shot at by literal Nazis as I watched moms get shot in their face in the wall of moms, as I watched veterans be beat by federal agents, they argued about the efficacy of online communion. And if you were, what a picture of irrelevance. Right. The world was burning. And I got to tell you, that was the, that was the talk of the town, which Bishop would allow to the sixty-five. Be the first to allow online communion. Is online communion a thing? Maybe we should. I mean, my my, my presiding bishop, my national bishop, because it was Lent, said maybe we should just stay in a season of Lent on March of 2020. And she didn't let people, I think, officially come out of it by anything she wrote because we're not nothing's binding. But she, I don't think she recommended taking communion to a year later. Mm. My God. My God, my God, you want to talk about making exactly who you are clear to the people. So you're saying the one thing that I'm not allowed to do is the only thing I have to refrain from till I see you? Mm. So I'm super hungry for it? How does that sound nourishing? Mm. How does that sound life-giving? That sounds like someone who got caught with their pants down and realized that activists, organizers, particularly the, the movement for black lives, uh, what some uh, the the movement against fascism or mm. the anti-fascist movement? What fascists call Antifa? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So 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 this this loose amalgamation of people who are like, wow, feeling very Weimar Republic right now should probably go outside and do something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. They did more than the church. There was no, and as a Lutheran, you know, there was no bona, there was no Bonhoeffer. Mm. There was mm. no Bonhoeffer. There was no, there was no, you know, Eric Metatexas talks so greatly about this, right? Talk oh, about Eric Metatexas? Oh right? my and, goodness. Eric yeah, Metaxas. this guy, this guy. Oh. Right? Why did you got to bring right? him he up, Lenny? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, he writes about, yeah. you know, he, he talks about Bonhoeffer, but he's not Bonhoeffer. He's, yeah. he's, he's, uh, he, you know, he, 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 he's, he's Heimel. Yes. Right. He's, and, 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 and so many, you know, just cause it really, cause the Lutherans, that's all we, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Goddamn professional things I had to sit through and listen to a Bonhoeffer scholar. Uh, and none of, no Bonhoeffer scholar was in the streets. Mm. None hmm. of them. Because. Wow. Because that's not what they're there for anymore. Right. You know, here was my thing. If this is the end of the world, everything that the church has saved in the coffers for this moment to break over in like a sacred nard over the people, and hopefully we survive this apocalypse. Mm. Not how can I make sure that you know there are certain things you need me for, like communion. We didn't even bury our dead. Yeah. We didn't even bury our dead. Priests used to walk in the middle of the Black Plague and risk their lives. Because they could. Yeah. Because that was the call. Okay. Um, Two things on this. First off, thank you, Lenny. Uh, That's uh, yes. I I think you're so on the money Uh, audience. Just so you know, Eric Metaxas, we've covered him before. He's deeply embedded in far right Christian nationalist spaces. I actually read his book letter to the church. And this is true audience. He compares churches that have pride flags and BLM flags to the churches that had the Nazi flag in Nazi Germany. 
That's who we're right. talking about here, okay? And he wrote what at one point was thought as like this authoritative biography on Bonhoeffer, but it's been completely destroyed by actual Bonhoeffer scholars. Just so we're all clear about that. Okay. Ripped to shreds. That being ripped said, yeah, shreds. ripped to shreds. Lenny, what I'm hearing you say, and you know, keeping in mind that my tradition is not Lutheran at all, right? I was always right. told that Lutherans are, are like almost like Catholics. It sounds yeah. like what I'm hearing you say is, you were a part of that tradition. You were ordained, I'm assuming, based on what you're saying. Yeah. And and, yeah. and essentially, for a quote-unquote progressive denomination, when, when it came time to put up or shut up, they shut their mouths, didn't go into the streets, and were too busy talking about, you know, really questions that, 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 that were not taking seriously the needs of the community around them, right? AKA yeah. th- this conversation around is communion digitally allowed or not? And you're like, who the fuck cares about that? There are people in the streets who are getting shot. We have fascism on the rise. Where are you? Is that kind of the critique that I hear you talking about? A hundred percent. And this isn't every pastor in the book. I say, we all failed you, but we all, you know, there's a lot of us who did stuff. You know, I include myself and in I say every bishop, every pastor, we failed you. And, 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 and I say that not because I'm uh, of the critique of, of, cause the, the denominations in the mainline or even in evangelical spaces, I have a lot of friends in evangelical spaces who are leaders, you know, um, they didn't give us the tools to win. Right. So that's the first thing. We weren't taught the right things. We weren't given the real deal. When I say that we failed, it's like it's like when the kingdom of Israel would put ashes on their head and burlap and burlap sacks on their body. Right. Where's the grieving? Right. 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 We collectively have failed. And 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 I believe the priest's job, the pastor's job, the person yeah. up front. Right. And the oldest document we have is called the Didache from the second century. And the only qualification to be a pastor was to have a clear speaking voice. Wow. All this other shit. Yeah. All this Noted. other shit's been added. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like all this other shit's been added, right? Okay. But I, you know, like I have a master's of divinity. I'm studying for a PhD in history of religion. Um, I, I, I was, I was examined by the evangelical Lutheran church in America and found to be in good standing. And when I resigned, I, w- I didn't resign under a cloud of scandal or, you know, I had a problem. I resigned and I, and I did a very public letter about why I resigned. And it was cause you know, I, I, I couldn't stand in that nomination anymore and feel yeah. like I was fulfilling my ordination vows, but I'm still the reverend. I just don't use it. Right. Got it. Got it. But, 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 but when you're in, but, but. But 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 it's our job to be it's theater in a lot of ways. And community needs theater. And where was the theater of the heads of denominations ripping off their clothes and crying mm. in front of the Senate, right? Mm, right? Where was the theater of the tears? Where was the theater of I know people are being tear gassed, so I'm going to go out and, and you know, like there was none of that, right? And, and and when we go to worship, it's theater. You don't want to think it's theater, right? You don't, you know, is it the Holy Spirit or just is it just a G to a C? <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just saying there's a lot, there's a lot of, worship is get, a show, right? It, it always it. has been. You're talking to it's, a professional drummer who spent many years as a worship drummer asking the same question. Right. I totally right, 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 right. Is are 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 is is that person speaking in tongues or is that just a G chord? Right, I don't know. Right, right. Right. Is is that lightning in the room or right. did someone just use a voice box? Right. Like, totally. Right. Totally. Like you know it. it 
So, but but part of human experience as as a historian of religion now is that we always had theater and worship. There's nothing yeah. wrong with theater and worship. That's right. But the stories we tell with that theater are important. And so yeah. my whole point is that's the priest's job. Mm. That's the pastor's job. That is her job. She's supposed to go up and throw the you know herself onto the public spear and say no. The spirit of this people mourn this. We can't stop it. We can't resist it, but we mourn it. We 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 cry out unto God, mm. a God who's clearly turned their back on us in 2020. Mm. Right? Where's the Habakkuks? Right? right? They don't exist. Right. They, you know, we have a lot of people who are trying to tell us we all need to get along with the Nazis who tried to kill us three years ago. Right? Well, you should just come back to the congregation. The fuck I will. Mm. You should just sit across the table from people who showed absolute cowardice when black people need them the most. Yeah. No, I won't. Right. Right? Like, why? Wow. Why should I unsee what I saw? You can put me on Patmos. You can exile my ass. That's fine. But 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 what you're not going to do is, is ask me to unsee what we all saw. Right. It's 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 and and the, and and it's going to be really pointed because you know, shout out to Enrique. What's it like to be a seditionist, punk? Mm. Um, sorry, I was in Portland. A lot of this, a lot of this shit's real personal. But shout out to the Proud Boys, you seditionist, treasonous bastards. You all got you know, and 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 your whole organization, right? Because the truth is. The truth is, is that as, 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 as Americans start to realize that the average citizen is most likely what held back this fascist time, the government's going to try and take credit for it. Hmm. You know, Enrique and all them boys were isolated. The only reason they, they ended up where they ended up is because people told them in other towns they were not welcome. You're talking right? Enrique was one of the leaders of the Proud Boys or Oath Keepers? Yeah. Proud yeah, boys, the yeah. Proud Boys, okay, you know? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Seditionists, right? The same thing that 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 cons- more conservative pastors within and without my denomination accuse me of being for standing with the people. You're a traitor to the country. No. Nope. Sorry. I've been arrested for marijuana, but never sedition. No, right. that's the guys who showed up to 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 you know to 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 like Sean fights. Worship service. Oh yeah, Sean right? Foyt. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, Foyt. Yeah, you're, 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 you're speaking like, all the people that we track all the time. <laughs> right. It's crazy. Right. Town. That's those guys. Totally. That's those totally. guys. Right. Right. Not right. me. Right. Not me for saying Black Lives Matter. Right. Right. And so and so that's what's that's what's so stunning about it. Here we are, three years later. Uh, you know, as a pastor in Poland, I remember when people were saying, "Why are you burning the streets mm. with?" trees with 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 antifa why are you out there with armed activists and there were activists who were armed those people don't deserve a chaplain and and now that we've discovered officially according to the u.s government that they were facing seditionist traitors that's true aren't they they veterans right yeah aren't they veterans of an invisible civil war now hmm these people who are psychologically damaged or were killed like June T. Rex Wilkins, right? And our other friends who've been who've been maimed and hurt, who'll never walk again, right? Who who are we now to America? Hmm. Right? And so that's what a lot of dear revolutionaries is about. Is like I was standing amid, uh, amongst these people 
who were the best people I'd ever met trying to do something incredibly hard that no one believed was happening. Right. And I was the only pastor who wasn't afraid to hang out with them. I, I wow. Other than like a few homies. Like I, there were some homies, like shout out, shout out to uh, Reverend Rosna, shout out to, uh, um, 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 shout out to uh, the entire BIPOC Faith Council. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, the, you know, but I'm talking about like, you know, every day in and out with these kids. You know, who, who, and they're children, some of them. They're fucking children. I'm old enough now that, like, yeah. you know, I have a ponytail and I think I'm cool. I'm obviously <laughs> fucking old, right? Well, and you have those, those badass yellow glasses, which only make you cooler. Right, <laughs> so. right. right. When you, whenever you see a guy with gray dreads dressing with a lot of color, <laughs> they're probably queer and they're probably going through some sort of crisis. I am. I'm dressed like Mr. Roper today for, you know, but, but, but like, you know, what was I supposed to do? Abandon these folks? Right. Tell them that their battle for liberty, their, their, their battle. And at the time, you know, we could watch the president of the United States get a suggestion on Fox Morning and then try it out on us in the afternoon. Totally. How do you totally. prove that? I, I mean, what do you do when uh, at the time he was still a sitting president tells the Proud Boys to stand down and stand by? It's what do insane. you do with that? And I, I think insane. what what is so you know just, so part of the work that we do as a nonprofit is uh, we hold space for folks who've been marginalized by the evangelical church. We advocate for accountability in those spaces, and we help people explore the Christian tradition beyond what I call the basement of evangelical fundamentalism. Part right. of that work for me has been tracking Christian nationals because it it, it was it has been um, largely birthed out of my tradition. Um, I've been to America Fest uh, uh, from Turning Point USA. I went there to to scope out what is going on, you know. Yeah, how'd you one, like that? Oh, dude, Whoa. I did a twenty five minute recap. It was intense. Uh, right, a, a, a very strange paradox of these are full human beings made of the Imago Day. I'm not. I can't dehumanize. Also, everything they're advocating for is so dangerous to all the people that we represent. What the hell do I do with that? Right. Like oh, what man. do I do? Call with that? me when you're at the. Call me when you're at the. At the. Call me at because you, the only thing you could do with a Nazi is punch him in the face. And 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 you listen, listen. These are Nazis. These are Nazis. Like I, I'm just saying, no Nazis ever been talked out of being a Nazi. Okay, I hear you on that. My question, you know what is, I'm saying? Like, think, like, well, Nazi movement. Sure, <laughs> but do you think that someone like um. I don't know. I mean, do you think like like Charlie Kirk is a Nazi? I don't think Charlie Kirk is a Nazi, but I think Charlie Kirk is making a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. Hell of a lot of money just like, you know, showing a little boob to the fash. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like Charlie Kirk. Yes. Yeah, he's like burlesque for fascism. He's like he's like, I'm not gonna say Jew, but you know I mean it. Like, you know. Right. Like but and even guys like Matt Walsh. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Even guys like Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh at times plays with ideas that he knows are incredibly dangerous. Totally. And he knows what he's signaling, right? Yeah. Yeah. But but he'll never say it. Right. And at the end of the day, he's a coward for that. Right. I miss the days when Nazis in the eighties said, I'm a fucking Nazi. Mm. If you really believe that me as a trans person shouldn't exist, that me as a black person got everything I deserve and I'm just a unlearned, unworking, unkempt person, if you really believe any of these things, come say them to my face. 
Right. Come say them to come down to any black community and say it. No, they say it on the internet. Yep. At least back in the day, David Duke would walk through your goddamn neighborhood. Right. These cowards, they don't do any of that. What right. they do is they try and convince us that there are so many more of them. These dudes are one out of ten, maybe two out of ten in every American community. They are alone. They are isolated. They are. They don't have friends, clearly, other than other fascists who believe with them. They're in an echo chamber, and we need to isolate them. We need to publicly call them out every time we see them. We need to not give them an inch. We need to. We and, and when they hurt one of us, one of us needs to step up in any way we can. Hmm. Because the, the, this is this is the thing. This is the thing, and. It, it you you cannot hesitate anymore. We are way past the point where we know who the enemy is. We know what their intention is. We know what they plan to do, right? And yes, they are human beings. But I can tell you as a historian of religion, human beings kill other human beings over religious shit all the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah, And so what we have to be careful of is not allow some of the same poison pills that evangelicalism fed us, that I need to always forgive my oppressor, that, that slaves forgive your masters. They don't tell you the rest of that story. They don't tell you how one Simus became a bishop of the church. They don't tell you that in context for Paul to say, to greet his brother Philemon, and then call one Simus his brother in the Roman system that had basically freed one Simus in the eyes of the church. They don't tell you any of that. What they tell you is, this literally says in English, slaves listen to your masters. Listen, man, they're not here to interpret scripture for us correctly. Mm. They're not here to... To, to, to figure out who Jesus Christ is. They're not here to guide us. That's every generation's problem, not the church's. Mm. We tell the church who we think it is, and we, I mean, that's, that's how the people used to be. You know, while well, we don't like what the church is doing, all right, burn that shit down. Make another one. You know, like they, they worked at our behest. Right. I have a question for you. Let me ask you this question, because here's where I get, here's in my head where I get stuck, and I love your insight here, right? One of my, and I have to fully acknowledge first off that I'm saying this as, as someone who the system is built for, right? Like a white cis man. All right. So fully recognizing that, that I have an inherent amount of privilege in this conversation. Um, I think what I, what I get concerned is that I, I don't want to become the very thing that I'm trying to end, right? Like, like at what point are we repeating the cycle of chaos versus almost like composting, Right. And like, and like, and like turning supremacy inside out. Because what I, I get stuck on is like, I think about James Cone in his book, Black Power, Black Theology. And, I, and the first time I ever thought about what, when he said, why is it only violence when the people who have the boot on the neck push back? But when the empire uses violence, we don't see it as violence. And I was like, wow, I've never thought about that because I've never been oppressed. <laughs> okay. Let's just start there. 
that being said, where is the line of now we're just now we're in the same cycle that we're trying to end and we become the villain that we tried to stop? Like, how do you see that? Because I struggle with that personally when it comes to like what, what we do with with people who I, I totally agree, Lenny. Like, I believe it's fascist. I say it on Twitter all the time. We are dealing with a, a not just conservative, a right wing you know, people that are fully head first diving down the rabbit hole of fascism. And unfortunately for me, statistically, the white evangelical church is leading the fucking charge. Like I'm well aware of all that, right? I, I know that's my tradition. How do we, how do we resist that? Change that offer better paths forward without making things much more bloodier or violent. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, in the book, I talk about building community in these autonomous zones, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like, really, it's really about, like, you know, starting neighbor to neighbor. Because this thing's going to be neighbor to neighbor. That's the unfortunate thing. It's going to be block to block. You're not going to know until you know mm. where your people stand when shit happens. And, like, at the end of the day, man, it's like building community, building these autonomous zones, building these areas that the police know. You know what? We don't have to go in there guns blazing because those neighbors got it. And if we walk around and we talk to everyone, mm. like, eventually we'll find out that, like, they kind of already took care of it. Um, mm. uh, we, we need to stop using the police as our personal armed concierge service and actually getting to know our neighbors. I'm not telling you to walk up in the middle of, like, a domestic abuse thing, but the next time the dude's out there cutting his lawn, why don't you go say fucking hi to him? Jesus fucking Christ. Like, give, mm. him, give him some some relief and some friendship. I know it's not the kind of person you want to hang out with, but that's what community is kind of all about. Yeah. And you know, at, at, at the end of the day, like that's what it's going to look like. We have to build things that are in that, that, that we know are beauty that, right. that, that we know are, are interconnected mutual aid networks of, of, of compassion and love, not just because not just, just in defiance of fascism, but because we know that the state will abandon us after COVID-19. We know the church will abandon us. We know that these big institutions will be like, you're on your fucking own. And if you don't got enough money for Amazon Prime, I hope you <laughs> fucking eat today. Right. 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 And, so, and so we know what kind of world they want, right? Um, they want a metaverse uh, you know, they, they're, they're trying to colonize the astral plane with their uh, uh, legalization of psychedelics in certain states. I mean, they're really, they're really like doing a full court press for like, what will it take for y'all never to do that shit you just did three years ago? Because we scared them. Mm. You know, most, most police organizations are down like 30, 40% capacity. Mm. Most people don't want to think about this, but there's literally nothing stopping us from knocking over this 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 country like a goddamn banana republic in small areas. There's mm. nothing they could do, and the fascists know that more. That's the scary thing. They're practicing. They're larping that shit. Yeah, and they know they could take whole areas. If you've never driven across this country, I encourage you to drive all the way across it, even the so-called scary places, mm. and see the massive size of it. It is a social contract that keeps this con- this continent a country mm. and the social contract has failed. And so we need to build things that will be long lasting that, that put people first, mm. right? When you have something that you love, that you know, isn't made entirely of, 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 of this empire, you're willing to die for it. Jesus died for his friends. Jesus died for his friends. Mm. People will tell you Jesus died for the world. He didn't know the world. He knew his friends. Jesus mm. didn't know the world. As a human, he was supposed to be fully human and fully divine. The human part of him did not know the world. He knew his friends. He knew the people around him. Jesus died for the people around him. Mm. Who are the people around you? And if you're not willing to die for them, then that's not community. And I'm sorry. Like, 
I, you know, I would still die for the, for my for my comrades in Portland to mm. this day. Even the ones I'm fucking furious at, mm. I would die for them. One of the things that that concerns me is, I agree with you. I I think that 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 the Matt Walshes and stuff, you know, they they present bigger on social media than maybe they are in the general public, right? But what concerns me is how close they are to serious power. I mean, when Marjorie Taylor Greene does an event with Nick Fuentes, right, shouting Christ is King, and then in a in a year or two, she's second in command of Kevin McCarthy. When Kevin McCarthy steps out for a day, she takes over the house and runs the show. I'm thinking to myself, holy moly. Um, oh, yeah. this, this is too close for comfort to see how far someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who at one point in the very beginning was, I think, even censured by many of her own colleagues. Now yeah. that close. That's, yeah. That is what concerns me more than necessarily the numbers. It's the amount of power that 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 they seem to have access to. I mean, you know, I tell people all the time, if you want like a, like an example of this, the only group of people religiously who supported Roe v. Wade being overturned were white evangelical Protestants in the majority. That's Every it. other religious group was in the minority. They got it done. They stacked the court. Yeah. They got it done. So so even though it's not a majority, the power is is incredible. And I'm wondering for you, I, I think obviously activism and being in the streets is key. I, and I really agree with you on the community piece. I have, I have a lot of thoughts on that too. But like what, what the average person listening to this is probably just stepping in their with their pinky toe for the first time into this world and they get overwhelmed, right? They're like, oh my God, what do I do? Like I see it. I don't know how to stop it. What are some, what are some like practical or just things that you recommend to people to, to like do to to combat this version of Christian thinking that wants to become the empire, not subvert the empire. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, part of it is like, you know, depending on your level of risk and everyone's got to, you know, decide their level of risk and, you know, your level of privilege, you know, there's, you know, school boards, uh, board Mm -hmm. of directors for libraries right now um, uh, and small local races become an alderman, become the Democratic committee chair member, become the Republican committee chair member. No one ever runs for that shit, you know? Right, like, right. Like, right. like, you know, that's that's one thing you do legislatively. And there are, like, you know, incredible trans leaders, incredible black leaders. Uh, you know, we just saw a great example of this, you know, um, you know, in, 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 in Memphis, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Tennessee, yeah. you know, yeah. um, you yeah. know, we just saw, you know, and that has its place. I would say that the Republic of the United States, as we knew it, died stillborn on the steps of the of of of, of the Senate, January sixth, twenty twenty one, and we're still wrestling with that. Yeah, uh, I don't believe there'll be fifty states within five to ten years. Wow, I believe there'll I, I believe there'll be some. I believe there might be there'll at least be one party claiming to be the United States of America, maybe even two. Um, but I, I think they might even go, I, you know, I listen, 2024 could be a sitting president of the United States versus someone who claims they're the sitting president in, in a White House in exile at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, like, that's on the table, man. That's on the menu. I know. And, I know. I know. And, and, and so I don't see, you know. Part of what they were disrupting, and I think people are like, well, it's largely ceremonial, and they couldn't have stopped the uh, election by doing that anyway. That's not what they were saying. 
And, and, and you have to understand, that day is so important to General Washington's promise. And this is where people always get mad at me because I sound like, well, you know, such a, such a homer for America. But, 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 but the truth is, the truth is, is that it was the first and only time in human history that a sitting general ceded power to a civilian government without a shot fired. Mm. Without a shot fired. Yeah. When, 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 when Washington ceded power to the next president and there wasn't a shot fired and the army would have followed him. If Washington said, nope, I don't want to do this. I'm going to run this country forever like a king. The people basically begged him to be one at several points. Right? But Washington chose not to do that. Now, we as a, as a country have made damn sure no other country ever had that experience. Mm. But, but that, that, that nascent promise that we would be able to, um, the peaceful, um, you know, the, the, the peaceful change of power. The, the peaceful change of administrations and, and, and the peaceful exchange of power. These, these, these are American promises that we don't have anymore. Yeah. And that, and that promise actually what is what was America, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. We don't agree on shit. Right. But even if we don't agree, you get to take over. We'll see how you do. You're going to fucking suck at it. I'm going to talk about it in the newspaper and on right. the news constantly. Right. right. But that's about it. Right. And and, and now that yeah. that's gone, you know, we don't, I, I don't see us continuing on. I think we're limping along right now. I, I do find strong agreement with you here, especially because, um, you know, I, I can imagine some of the audience might be like, hey, Tim, you know, this fascism word, it's overblown, it's overused. Listen, if you read Jason Stanley's book, How Fascism Works, or uh, the word, the book Fascism by, uh, I think, Margaret Thatcher, you yeah. you will see pretty clear examples of how fascism works. And it doesn't take much to see what just happened on January 6th on the in, in the whole propaganda machine that to this day still believes that the election was stolen, despite. Oh. Despite the the objective data, uh, I mean, mounts of it, right? Mounds of data showing that that was not the case. That is what makes fascism so dangerous is that it can undermine legitimate systems where there are agreements of peaceful transfers of power. And I agree with you, Lenny. I think that there are people who think, well, you know, this was a one-off. And I go, I told people, guys, I think this is a test run. I think this yeah. is a test run. And I don't want to, I'm not one to want to sound extreme. But when Marjorie Taylor Greene is tweeting, we need a national divorce. And then you think about the redoubt movement in the Pacific Northwest. That's where you're at, right? In Oregon. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know what's going on over there. I know about that stuff. When you they start putting out. When, exactly. They want out. And when you they start putting out. the pieces together, and then you realize that the that 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 the majority, not majority, but a good chunk of like the guns are held by like a few couple hundred thousand people who are like who are preparing for some kind of bloody war where they try and secede it's no longer you know a fairy tale or exaggerated claims when you start seeing this stuff happen in real life i hope lenny for both of our sake that we are completely wrong and that that, that january 24th comes whoever it is shakes hands peaceful transfer and we can move on but for the first time in my life and i grew up on talk radio so i'm used to exaggeration okay i'm used to the sky is falling but honestly for the first time in my life i am honestly concerned about this next election cycle and in in any chance of 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 peace and i think the final thing i'll say on this i'll hand it back over to you and we'll wrap up is that what makes me ultra discouraged 
is to see so many people who raised me on this so-called Christian ethic, right, of integrity and truth and love and justice and the fruits of the spirit, completely, completely jettison those realities and, and just fully inhale this propaganda that the country's being stolen, Joe Biden's a fake president, and we have to take back the country. I, 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 it baffles me how those people don't see how we're on the path to violence with that kind of rhetoric. And it, 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 as a former you know, conservative evangelical, even, even in my conservative evangelical days, that made me very concerned. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, you, you, you wonder, right? You're like, why? The days of the Weimar Republic and and other times you wonder like how people didn't know. Um, yeah. You know, I, for my case, because I don't really, you know, I feel a bunch of calls like European examples, you know, like I think about the Tulsa massacre and like, did people know that day that tensions were high? Yeah. That violence was going to happen. Right. Um, you know, uh, were there indications? What made them think they could just go to the movies that day or just go to get a haircut that day or just go get, candy that day, even though they knew that like something was coming probably. Right. And so you wonder what people think in these times. And I think a lot of times we, we, we don't want to believe that our siblings are capable of things that we're not. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, and and we're always going to wrestle with that. What I do believe is the victory of good over evil. Mm. Um, I do believe um, that we are we 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 are headed for better days. Um, I, I do believe that these folks are isolated; they are alone, and I believe that America is 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 incredibly incapable of taking too much shit. And I'll mm. give you a great example of this. There was a Fox News poll where they asked them, you know, are you concerned about transgender people? And like overwhelmingly. No matter what age group, no matter who they voted for, they're all Republicans. And these are Republicans who pick up the news for Fox News. <laughs> right, right. Overwhelmingly, they're like, right. no. They're like, fuck no, I don't care. I right. don't care. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, so there, you know, um, you, we had a very boring midterm. That's what yes. a midterm is supposed to be. Yes. Fucking yes. boring. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fucking boring. Where you're like, you're asleep by nine o'clock. You're like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I don't right. care. You know, right. right. I don't fucking care. And many of the election deniers were, were totally rejected. I mean, they, they, they were not elected, you know, which also gave me some hope for sure, you know. Right. And I think, I think the, um, the prosecution of, of, of the Proud Boys yes. and the Oath yes. Keepers will, yeah. will, will, will help the, the popular or the populist movement, right? Um, we'll see what happens during the election when this guy starts having his rallies again that he's calling campaign. Yeah. You know, he's still calling them campaign stops, whatever. Right, right. Uh, but, but you know, we'll allow it. You know, so I think the temperature may go up then, you know, like it did in 2016 very quickly. But I, I just don't, you know, like I think about Roe versus Wade and, and Republicans really are, particularly conservative Republicans, not all Republicans. But but conservative right wing evangelical or or, or or America first is their is yes. their is their real quiet term they use for for their shit right these yeah. America first folks you know they're kind of like the dog who caught the car down and so Roe versus Wade's a fucking great example of this you know you, you're seeing in these small you know you're seeing Republican legislators you know there's that famous video of the guy being like I didn't know that this was gonna end up with like a little girl dying yes yes right yes. Mm-hmm. right and, and 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 here's the thing draconian policies are fucking draconian 
Yeah. And when you implement them, Americans don't do well with them. Right. They just do not do well. Um, I think a great historical example to kind of lower the temperature, since that's something we were just talking about, is to really study the history of the Anti-Saloon League, the 18th Amendment, and the banning of booze. Hmm. And, 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 and we're seeing a lot of, and that was a progressive liberal movement. That was, that was social liberals who yeah, wanted right, to do that, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. But, 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 you know, Americans just don't do well. And that was just booze. That wasn't who you're fucking, how you get to express your body. Right. That wasn't a, that wasn't like all the marbles kind of shit. That was whether or not I could get hammered in my house. Right. And Americans, started whole criminal organizations to be like, fuck you. <laughs> and, and, and the violence yeah. in the streets was insane against, you know, federal agents and, and, and against each other. Right. And yeah. so eventually people said, wow, you know, and that's just a minor example, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, Americans don't do well with being told what they can and cannot do. And Roe versus Wade, we've only had six months of this, but the reason I think you're starting to see people deteriorate is because Chad and fucking Cameron have to come home to their wife who's been watching the news every fucking day. And some of those things she heard at the Right to Life march isn't making as much fucking sense now. Mm. And he has to sit through that every meal. And I don't know why Republicans thought pissing off half the voting fucking block of the country was a smart move. But overwhelmingly, 89% of women fucking want Roe versus Wade back. Right. Right? They want the right to their own bodies back. It's the first time a constitutional right has ever been taken back from any people group. Right. And the fact that they think that they're going to bounce back from that, no, they're going to get fucking slaughtered, you know, because these these policies don't do well. The problem is is a lot of people are going to get hurt in between there. There's a lot of signs for hope. Yeah. Um, and I also believe that, like, you might tell, you know, dude might even win the dude might lose the election and be like, well, I'm the president and fucking, you know, the state's here. And OK, like Americans just might be like, OK, right. What, what do you want? Those 12. Well, how do we get all our people out? You fucking weirdos. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Who right. want to leave? Like, Americans might just be like, oh, fucking K. Go <laughs> live in your fucking Luddite fucking village. Right. right? Somewhere. Right. Right. Give them some fucking BLM land, Bureau of Land Management, you know, because they won't move to it. You got to change the name. Make it white, WLM land. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Wide open land management. <laughs> I don't fucking know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Give them yeah. something that they can grasp onto, right? right. Don't scare them. Right. Put them on some fucking BLM land. Here right. you go. Here's your you white fucking village. Yeah. Fuck off. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck off. Like, and, and, and the more we adopt an attitude like this, like you fucking throwbacks you cro-magnon throwbacks you social fucking you know like that's what they are they're 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 like they're 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 a rejection of every value we've learned in the last 250 years yeah yeah and they're acting like it's a goddamn merit badge right i know i know look what i I got I, Look what I, I got. And you're like, <laughs> I know. I, I, I have videos of people who write books called A Case for Christian Nationalism saying I'm all for blasphemy laws and atheism is crushed and women can't lead anywhere. Like actual, that's what they're saying is a Christian nation. And I'm like, right. do you know like that the majority of people 
the overwhelming majority will think that you are batshit crazy if you think that's what a good nation looks like. I mean, we've been there. We've oh, yeah. moved on. Um, but okay. Yeah. You know, so there are some times where I say, I think to myself, well, I, I tell people often, I say, guys, listen, there's no reason for us to exaggerate their claims. All we have to do is read what they're saying. Like, there's no reason to straw man the position because right. they're very emphatic about what they actually believe. So they say what they believe and they write it down. And exactly, it's very stunning. And 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 I I I I think the last thing too is that like you know like honestly, man, like you know um you know at at, at the end of the day, this isn't going to be solved by peaceful legal redress. That's that's the whole point that they're trying to make and they're trying to scare you beforehand. That's what bullies do, you know, but we'll see just like January 6th, just like every other thing they try, how pathetic it'll be in the end yeah. because terror, terror doesn't sell well in the, in the United States fear, but not terror, right? you know, and there's right. a difference between fear and terror. You can keep people afraid, but it's hard to get Americans to terrorize other Americans. Yeah. Yeah. It, it truly, truly is. You can get a slim minority to do it. They can be very loud in the yard and bark a lot. But when you see them, it's like January 6th where you're like, you know, I mean, those cops got beat up, but like 12 cops held off their revolution. Well, like 15 cops. Right. No, seriously. Yeah. Not, right. not much of a revolution when 50. Listen, I don't like cops and 15 of them couldn't stop me from doing shit if I wanted to do it. I'm sorry. I mean. You know, so like these guys aren't as tough as they act. They're not as rough. They're not as well trained. And if they were really trying to take over the country, they walked up with guns, not fucking iPhones. Right. So, right. you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's it's it, they, they're they're hoping to luck into something. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. yeah, you know, these, these these are not people. These are people to be afraid of their ideas. We shouldn't be afraid of them is my whole point. Yeah, it's fair. Well, friends, are you still there, audience? Hello? You checking in? <laughs> what a conversation. Lenny, I appreciate you making time uh, to, to share. And your book, Rev uh, Dear Revolutionaries, A Field Guide for a World Beyond the Church, is out now. It's a very... Um, powerful, but in a good way, a very easy read. You know, you don't have to sit down for hours and, and sit with it. You can read it in, in probably three or four hours tops and really soak in and really meditate on it. I mean, I think, especially for people like myself, you know, who are kind of coming out of evangelicalism, uh, your book is one of these like, whoa, I, I have to really think about these thoughts for me. This is like a very new way of thinking about things. So um, where can folks find you? I mean, do you have, are you on social media? Do you sub stack? Like where can folks find you? Yeah, I have a Substack uh, that you can find. Uh, just for, just look for uh, Lenny uh, A. Duncan um, uh, on Substack, and uh, I'm on Facebook and all that stuff. I'm on Insta, Lenny A. Duncan on everything, and uh, you can go to LennyDuncan.com. Um, and I guess the only thing I want to plug is I have a book about uh, I, I wrote hip hop as sacred scripture called Psalms of My People. Wow, um, that comes out in January. Um, so check that out. Um, pick up Dear Revolutionaries. It's in stores everywhere right now. It's really a book about what happens when faith, what what faith can happen when the world falls apart, mm, right? when, mm -hmm. when things fall apart. Yeah. And, you know, there's some faithful stuff there. Like, no one's abandoning Jesus because Christ didn't abandon us. It's like Christ took to the streets. And right. most of us are looking around sanctuaries for it, you know? Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Lenny, again, thanks for your time. I'm sure we'll chat again. It, it was a, a, a great conversation. So definitely keep in touch. Awesome.
Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIC preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWHVACTrainingSC.com to enroll. Inquire.